Welcome to Small Biz Brainiac, providing employer intelligence that helps you navigate the regulatory landscape and keep you on course running the business you love. Here's your host, Thomas Rock Lindsay. Hey everyone, this is Thomas Rock Lindsay, and I'm here with Robert Attridge. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning, Robert. So we are back with episode 96. Now, this is only the second episode with the new schedule and format. And we have Robert Morley of the law firm Morley Mason with us again. Good morning. Morley, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. So the reason Morley's back so soon is that we wanted to supplement last week's episode about employee terminations with stories from actual terminations that we've had to do. And between the three of us, we've conducted a lot of them over the past 20 years, and we've learned a lot of lessons. So we want to share those with you. I'm going to talk about, the first one I want to talk about has to do with an individual who, at the time that she was hired, was fully capable of doing the job. But over time, as the company grew, the position outgrew that skill set. And the person was super nice and, you know, worked hard and really genuinely cared about the company. It was very, very loyal. And like I said, very hardworking. But over time, there were just signs that she wasn't keeping up with everything that needed to be done. And the final straw was when I discovered this trove of old, unopened mail. And after discovering that and digging into it and finding that there are all kinds of issues with late payments and notices from regulatory authorities not being responded to creating penalties, it, uh, that was, like I said, that was the final straw. That's a difficult situation because especially if you if you like that individual and if you worked with them for a long time, sometimes that is one of the most difficult because of your feelings towards them and what they put into the company and that type of thing. And so oftentimes we see where employers let that get too far down the road. And there's been so many issues that could have been avoided if the employer would have kind of shed his emotions, put them on the side and said, ah, we got to do what's best for the company. There were, yeah, two lessons, actually, I think, primary lessons from this. One was that I didn't do a good job at all of supervising the work. This was a, a person who I felt like had you know, more experience in the area than I did and was, you know, I'm busy doing, I was busy doing a hundred other things as well. And things seemed to be smooth. She, she was able to, to really, you know, present everything as being, you know, caught up and current and, you know, here's the work product, but I just didn't supervise her well enough and the work product. I think that's a, a good point too, is I, you do want to have employees that you can trust. And as, as you know, somebody in your position where you've got you know, a hundred other things going on. I think this is just a reminder that you, a person in that position needs to take a step back a little bit and, you know, make sure that they're paying proper attention to 
you know, their managers and, and make sure that processes are actually happening, even though, you know, somebody that was in your position, like you said, has a hundred other things going on. Uh, but this, you know, illustrates the point that it's important to, you know, pay attention to what other people are in fact doing. Yeah. And then to Rob and to Morley's point, you know, it was very difficult because this was someone who had a great attitude, worked hard, but just didn't have the necessary skills to get the job done. Yeah, you know, and, and oftentimes just just thinking here, that could almost be avoided if you would have if you would have recognized it soon enough. It might be a situation where you can move her into a different position and still utilize her skills to to, you know, help the company. But at that point where she got so deep into it, there's only one choice at that point, I think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it had come to the point where it was like, you know, the one thing that she did wrong was that she didn't say she needed help. She didn't reckon either. She didn't recognize that she was in over her head and that thing, you know, she was dropping the ball or she was, you know, knew it and was trying to cover it up. And at that point, like you said, it was so uh, egregious. So that was hard that, you know, I didn't provide the proper supervision. I didn't recognize the problem soon enough. There was all trust and no verify. Yeah, that's a difficult situation. And it was compounded or complicated by the fact that it was a good person. It just had outgrown, the position had outgrown the skill set. So how how uh, how do you avoid that when you're in that situation again? I mean, other than knowing what, what's going on, would you have still terminated her under those circumstances if if you found out earlier? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I... I would have had to probably, yes, because again, the, unless there was, like you said, another position, but that's hard to demote someone because, and, and I guess that's another lesson. The other lesson is, is that the, that the title that was given to that individual was not appropriate for the skill set. And again, it might have been at the time, but a couple of years later, and as the business grew, the response the roles and responsibilities of the position grew. And had I been properly supervising her, I probably would still have come to the conclusion that, you know, she's not fit for the job and the, you know, to put them into, to basically demote and adjust the salary down, that doesn't work. Right. Right. People aren't looking to go backwards. They're looking to move forward. All right. Well, who's, I can go next. I had an employee, uh, you know, this is years, years back, um, who was in a, a key position, a specialty position that, um, you know, she was a great, uh, worker, smart, but she was in one of those specialty positions where, you know, not a lot of people knew how to do that job. So, you know, once, once I recognized that, that, you know, hey, if this, you know, if this person, you know, just didn't show up one day or, you know, as the saying goes, got hit by a bus. You know, by the way, people, I had a ton of um, processes where I was the only one that knew, you know, how to do those processes. And people would say that to me all the time. What if you get hit by a bus? You know, I'd, I'd always ask them, well, do you have a bus schedule? <laughs> you know, put, put me out of my misery here. Help me out. <laughs> 
But anyway, um, so. <laughs> do, do you need counseling? No, 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 <laughs> is no, that, no. Is that like a shout out for help? It was a. Isn't that what this a, is? Well, am I in the wrong? Am I in the wrong place? <laughs> that's that's next week's episode. Yeah, where's this? Where's this magical bus you speak of? <laughs> the sweet meteor of death. Yes. I believe that's what they call it. <laughs> anyway, nobody's ever called it that. <laughs> that makes no sense. So once I recognized that, you know, this, this person, you know, was really the only person in the company that, that was capable of doing this job today, you know, I asked, I asked her, I said, Hey, can you start, you know, documenting these processes, you know, just so that we have, have the information and, you know, we can start training a a backup and, and get some help. Well, she took that to be a threat to her job security and from that day forward, you know, kind of started to become her own worst enemy. You know, she refused to do any document, uh, a documenting of processes. You know, I think she'd have some emotional breakdowns on a weekly basis. And it kind of just turned into a situation where, you know, when I asked you to document these processes, I had no intention of replacing you. But you're 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 becoming your own worst enemy in this situation just by how you're handling it. You know, I had started to talk to our HR rep and and you know one of our uh, I guess it was our CFO at the time, and you know just said, "Hey, I can't deal with this anymore. We need to we need to make a change." And you know that it'll kind of let it go on for a couple of months. And, you know, this employee started to pick up on it and I had made the decision to, to let her go. And the day before I was, you know, we kind of talked about this last week, waiting till Friday to, to make the, uh, make the move. Right. You know, I was, I was waiting till Friday to make the move. Well, anyway, on Thursday afternoon, she comes into my office and says, am I getting fired tomorrow? And I no way. took the opportunity to say, yes, you are, you are, <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to lie and, you know, ha- the following morning have to go through with it. So now we have to, you know, we just have to move forward with it at that point. And, and so at that point, you know, she left my office, I walked with her over to her desk and he said, well, what I, I told her, you know, just, why don't you just pack up your stuff now and, you know, we'll. We'll be done with it today. Obviously, we paid her through the week and um, had a severance for her. I remember that situation, actually. And it's like the opposite of the story I just told, because this was a person who was intelligent. Not that my my other person in the example wasn't intelligent. Is that she, she was competent in the position. Right. She was yeah. just not able to work well with others and was keeping everything to herself, basically living life like there's a conspiracy against her. Right. And, and her, you know, her jobs, I I think there's obviously a bit of insecurity with herself. You know, her, her sense of security was that she was the only one that knew how to do certain things. 
And, you know, you can't run a company like that. You can't have individuals be the only person that knows how to do something. You have to have documented processes, you know, because those people aren't going to, at some point, they're not going to be there. Somebody else has got to be able to, you know, step in. Yeah, and I think that's a personality issue as well that would probably, uh, you know, farther down the road, you're going to get into situations that if she's willing to do that, um, you're going to see other issues that probably arise. So it's it's smart to figure that out right away. And I think it's important too, uh, Attridge, to, to remember that she came to us through an acquisition. So she was an employee of another company that that we purchased the business, their, their book of business from. And the owner of that company spoke very highly of her because that's what he used her for was she ran the show. Right. And she was capable. I mean, she was, you know, if, if she didn't get in her own way emotionally, you know, she would have been been fine. But. Right. But that's the, that personality trait that Morley mentioned is what right. I guess made her really good for, for the, the owner of the business that we bought, but yeah. bad for us. Right. She was in a small environment where she was the big fish and, and was the go-to person to then becoming a part of a larger organization where her responsibilities were more specific, more narrow. Right. Right. Well, that's a good one. So Morley, you're up. Yes, I have a, a, an interesting one that I believe you two are uh, real familiar with. And this was really interesting because of, of the issue that, uh, that occurred that caused the termination. This was an employee uh, that was, from, from my standpoint, an Attridge, you could probably uh, weigh in on this more, but did a good job and, and, uh, and uh, did his work and was a smart guy, but uh, he ran a, I don't know how, how you would call it, a, it's, not, it's a football pool of sorts among the employees. And he uh, fixed the football pool so that he would win. So it was something outside of, of, the, of the normal everyday work. Uh, but he fixed this pool so he would win taking employees' money. Right. Yeah. So... You know, a lot of offices obviously, you know, participate in these uh, these sports pools. You know, you have a cheap uh, entry fee every week and, you know, the winner gets the pool of money. Um, but, you know, this person as as the administrator of the pool, yeah, was, I believe, able to, you know, change their own picks Essentially while the, while fixing the game occurred, yeah, right. Essentially fixing the pool in their favor. I'll let Morley say how it was discovered because I think Morley actually brought it to my attention. Yeah, it was really interesting because one of the employees that was participating in the pool was a sports nut, and so uh, she would watch the football games every Sunday. This was in the NFL games, and she would keep track of everybody's picks prior to the game starting. And so she would look at the picks, sit there with her computer and look at the picks as the game was occurring to make sure she would remember who picked who. And she started realizing that this individual, this employee was changing his picks during the game. 
so she she uh, she came to me and, wow. and explained exactly what she saw and took screenshots uh, that were changed. And it was a really, really odd uh, termination because when we terminated the employee, he just denied it and said, and then he kind of backtracked and said, well, I changed one or two games, but you know, so what? Uh, so it was, it was almost like it was surreal because you usually have situations where you have, you know, when you have this type of evidence, people just kind of say, yeah, okay. And and he, he couldn't understand why he was being terminated for stealing employees money. <laughs> Wow. Right. I mean, it's, it's like you said, Tom, it's, you know, silly. It's silly. It's sad. It's such a, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's yeah, a small amount of money, but that's not the point. I mean, the the point is you're being, you know, you're stealing from your coworkers and you know, you're just, it shows that, you know, there's an integrity issue and you know, we need, you're in a position where we need somebody that we can, we can trust. It was for maybe $200. I mean, it it was, it was stupid. How it was peanuts in comparison to the compensation. And he was a manager. Yes. Yes. Crazy. That one was crazy. But speaking of crazy, I think we can top that morally. Yes. You'll remember back in, I, Jesus was, uh, 10 years ago, I think, where we actually hired a, a senior executive. Yes, I remember this one. <laughs> so this is like a sex, drugs, and lies. I, there wasn't rock and roll, at least that I remember, but lo- definitely lies. It was crazy. Well, did, uh, didn't he and his former uh, life before we, you know, hired him he was didn't he manage or, or wasn't he a manager of some rock band <laughs> or oh, you're, you a promoter what? you're actually right <laughs> he, he did have a label uh and one band i do yeah you're right that's funny you remember so that. there you go sex got all rock it. and roll that's right that's right well this guy was someone that we had known from the past and had a tremendous amount of respect for for what he had accomplished. He was a promoter, a sales guy, you know, a rainmaker sort. And that's exactly why we, we hired him. I mean, we hadn't, we had seen what he'd done before, actually worked with him before. And like I said, had a a high degree of respect and admiration appreciation for what he could do. He resurfaced later at a time when we needed that skill set, And there wasn't even any real question. I don't think about whether or not, he wanted to come partic- be a part of the company. We were like, heck yeah, let's do this. Yeah, you know, and, and there were signs there that we probably missed, Tom, when we, when we, uh, oh when my we gosh, were there signs? Yeah, when we initially offered him a job, but, but his, his past history was such that it was really alluring to go ahead and hire him despite the signs. And, and we probably purposefully, I ignored those. Exactly right. I, there were signs and they were like, they weren't just like subtle signs. These were signs that, you know, I don't know what's, uh, what mammals got the smallest brain could have recognized, (laughs) but not me. Right. (laughs) Right. I, I was so, I so wanted it to work that I just 
ignored. And thinking back on it now, I just think, how could I have possibly have done that? What was, what the heck was I thinking? But well, anyway. I think part of it was that he, he filled a role that is, well, he used to fill a role that was really, really difficult to find. Um, I mean, there's, he was a salesman type and a promoter, like Tom mentioned, that if you, if you have that type of person, you can really take your company to the next level. And there's just not really many of them out there. And so I think it's easy to go, man, if this guy hits, it's going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah. Sales is, you know, it's the lifeblood of any company, right? And that's something that we, we were lacking at the time was, you know, a dynamic salesperson. Um, you know, None of us, you know, are dynamic salespeople. So, I mean, <laughs> I think you yourself. can. Yeah. I think you can. I think you can tell by listening that none of us are are that person. Well, he. I mistook his craziness for brilliance, and then based on his past experience, I thought, well, this is just the way I guess these type of people are, you know. Yes. And he came in. He did have great ideas, and he. He changed the company's name, and it's this, this name today, and it's a great logo and a great name. And he came up with a, you know, a concept for branding the company, and and did a great job with that. But then when it came to executing it, he just spent a ton of money because he was so disorganized and so scatterbrained. And as it turns out, we learned that. He was involved in in drugs, and he was a sex addict, actually, which made its way into the office environment. And he was a liar, covering up his discre- his indiscretions, right? And it didn't take long. I mean, well, I don't know if it was four months we let this go on for, but at one point it was just, you know, even the mammal with the smallest brain could not deny that this was not going to work. So, uh, morally, you and I scheduled a lunch, sat down with him, and let him go. Yep, that was the end of him, and that was a tough termination as well. Part of that termination was difficult, if you remember, Tom, because he had been in a situation where he had asked for literally shares of the company, and we had to kind of sort that out, and that was a real mess. Yeah, I think we actually did grant ownership some shares, but we took it all away. I don't think he was denying it. I, I don't remember anyway that it was a uh, much of an argument or a or any pushback. No, that's right. There, there was. He knew what he had done, and he knew that he had been a a con man for the last four to, or five months or whatever it was, and kind of went away. Yeah. Now, surprisingly, out of all of these terminations over the years i only we've only had one where there was a sticky situation involving a health situation that ended up in a discrimination claim and that claim went on for for a while but ultimately it was settled for a fairly small amount of money which was a indication or a sign that you know we hadn't really done anything um, illegal and and it was in essence a, a nuisance settlement. 
Yeah, I remember this claim. This was this a, a long time, a long ago. time ago. Yeah, and and I think one of the lessons that that we learned from that claim was you have to be really careful uh, what you allow people to do. And, and I think what happened is is senior management, including including Tom, bent over backwards to help somebody with a medical issue that they had, and it came back to bite them. Yeah, we did. We we basically provided unlimited paid time off to allow them to deal with the situation. And it turned them into, you know, their situation. And I guess, you know, I understand it. It, it turned them into an extremely bitter, negative, spiteful person. And they brought that to, to work. And it just, and it was a fairly small organization at the time. And it just bled over into everything, into the work product, into the, into the rest of the office environment. And it came to the point where it was just like, you know, we feel very bad for you and for the situation. And we're here to help and, you know, take the time off. We're paying, we'll pay you for it, but you can't, you know, you still have to still do have to do work. You got to come in and I think we'd scaled it back to, you know, a minimum, a small workload, but just killed the deal. You know, it just ruined it. Yeah. I would, I would say that if you run into a situation like that, where you are, you have an employee that you're trying to help and you're trying to do the right thing. I think it's a good idea to speak with somebody outside of the organization. I mean, it doesn't even have to be an attorney or your HR person that's there. If you have an HR person there and kind of go over that with them, uh, kind of go over your plan and how to how to react to that. And that doesn't mean not providing uh, the benefits or, or paid time off or that sort of thing. But I think if you kind of have an overall plan and you plan for that and you get somebody, a third party to look over it and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's contingency planning in case this happens. I think you could avoid that as, as best as possible. And I think, I think in that entity, there was great, a great plan almost just because you, you did the right thing from the start. And that was why you came out with the resolution, but it cost thousands and thousands of dollars in attorney's fees to get to that end. So anytime you're in that situation, it's probably good to talk to somebody else and say, Hey, how can we, how can we avoid this? Not that you can avoid it completely, but how can we limit our exposure as much as possible? And are, are you, uh, Morley, are you setting uh, precedents here by, you know, helping out this, em this employee with this situation. You know, if you have another employee down the line that has a similar situation, is the company now obligated to, you know, provide a similar, a similar uh, deal, I guess, to, you know, a future employee? Yeah. The answer to that is, uh, is, is the way attorneys always answer things is maybe it might, yeah. So you have to be careful of that. You might have to uh, think about the long-term effects and, and you really don't as you do that as an employer. That's why, that's why I think it's good to get somebody else to just take a quick look at your, not only this process that you're going through, but processes that may occur in the future that you have to decide on. Uh, and so it's kind of one of those things where you really have to measure twice and cut once so that you aren't don't box yourself into a situation where they can use that waiver 
issue or, or you know, other other legal issues that that might occur. And there's not there's not any sorry, Tom, there's there's not any magic bullet that shuts those things down. You might be sued. And, and that's just a fact of life. And, and business owners know that. But you can limit your exposure. Yeah, and we learned our lesson from from that experience, definitely, and took steps after to avoid this a similar situation that primarily had to do with the setting some ground rules and maybe you extend additional paid time off, but it's not just the unlimited kind of, you know, we just sat down and said, hey, take whatever time you need, you know, to to deal with this and don't worry about we're, we're, we're going to pay you. That is not the right way to go about it. The right way would be to allot a certain amount, even if it's in increments, you know, say so we're just going to take this one step at a time, you know, we'll give you X amount of time each week and, but not that cart blanc open-ended commitment. Yeah. I think the other thing that could have been done better in that situation, as I recall, because I think I, I, I remember being deposed for that is the documentation of it and how things occurred when they occurred and, and issues that came up in the workplace. Yeah, no, that's uh, true. That's the other, another thing that definitely changed was the documentation process. So it, it was, it was evidence from testimony rather than situations that you could have documented date, time, occurrence. Yeah, there was some limited amount of documentation that was available because of the email correspondence. And, and then I think we had, yeah, we had affidavits, but again, that's, yeah, you're, that's not records. That's, that is a testimony, like you said. Yeah. Well, we're about to, out of time here. We're probably running a little bit over, but there was one other story that Attridge and I were talking about. This was not from our own experience, but it was out of the news. But I wanted Robert to share or Attridge to share it. So go ahead, Attridge. Yeah, there's a news story that came up this week that I stumbled across where uh, online university, uh, just a kind of a small, small university, um, had f- fired their IT guy and um yeah i think the from the from what i read the stipulation was they wanted this guy to relocate to their company headquarters and you know his refusal to do so led them to to just terminate his employment and anyway the university alleged that the the it employee had changed administrative passwords prior to his final day. So when uh, when the university tried to access certain uh, software using the admin password, they were unable to get in. They contacted the former employee, and the former employee said, I don't know what you're talking about, but you can rehire me as a consultant for $200,000. So, so, I'll fix it for you. Right. So, I mean, there's obviously there's a, a lawsuit going on, you know, and but, you know, I think going back to last week's episode, this is, you know, item number two, right? The preparation phase. The university obviously did not um, do everything they needed to do to protect themselves. Yeah, they didn't take steps to secure this. the network or lock out his access before letting him go. 
gave right. him an opportunity that, I mean, again, we don't have all the facts here, but this is what we're, we're concluding from what you, what you read is that there was an opportunity for that individual to log into the network, make a change and put them into this situation. Right. And the sad part is, is it would have taken five minutes to do all of that. I mean, it would have taken them no time at all right. to do that. And it comes down right. to planning, just planning yeah. for that termination, taking 20 minutes to sit down with everybody mm -hmm. and say, okay, what's the process we need to go through? Yeah. And one of the, one of the thoughts I had was, you know, we kind of talked about severance packages for, you know, key employees that were outgoing, um, you know, this, this is a situation where you could say, okay, you know, we're going to offer you X amount in severance for a smooth transition. Maybe you don't pay that severance up front, but pay it, you know, a couple months down the line. Once you know, you've got everything you need. You need. Yeah. 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 We've done that. We've done that a lot. And that works out really well in the right situation where you've got a parting of the ways with a rational individual and there aren't any emotional issues and tempers and things like that. Right. Well, the, the, the possibility of money can assuage those types of feelings too, to where you're, they exactly. know that they need to do that if they want to get paid. Yeah. And that's most important. So, well, gentlemen, thanks a lot. I think we need to wrap it up. Uh, I appreciate, uh, we appreciate you Morley being on the show again very soon. My pleasure. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Brainiac. To get your questions answered by Thomas directly, visit smallbizbrainiac.com. And for more employer intelligence, be sure to join us again here on Small Biz Brainiac. Small Biz Brainiac.